I wonder how many of you have, you know, looked at the world as it is with all of its suffering and conflict and the rest in it, at any time just sort of exclaim to God, how long? How much longer? Why does it have to persist? Why does it have to be this way? Can't you do something? You know, I thought you were good. Can't you fix something? Can't you do something? Or maybe, uh, you know, just in our own lives, something similar. You know, Lord, why can't you intervene and fix this? Why must this persist? How long must I endure, you know, this suffering or this difficulty? I thought you were good, and yet you don't intervene. You don't act. This is what the prophet Habakkuk says to the Lord today. How long, O Lord? How long? I cry for help, but you don't listen. What was happening at the time is, is the Lord was, was saying to Habakkuk that he was going to allow the Babylonians to take the, the chosen people into captivity. And that he was allowing the, uh, the Babylonians or Chaldeans the ability to do all of this evil in the region. And Habakkuk is saying, why are you allowing this? Why do you continue to allow it? Why will you allow this evil to persist? And of course, the Lord says, well, the Lord, as is typical of God, gives no excuse. You notice this in the scriptures. God rarely explains himself. The entire book of Job is bad things happen to Job, and then Job complains to God, why are these bad things? I've been a just and good man. Why is all this bad stuff happening to me? And it's chapter and chapter and chapter and chapter of Job complaining to God, saying, why me? And God never answers him. He actually never answers him. He appears to him in all of his glory. And, and God questions Job. And he says, who are you to question me? Did you make the heavens and the earth? Did you create the universe, the stars of the sky? Did you create all of the, the beasts of the wild, of the, the earth and the sea, etc.? And Job finally, when he beholds God as he is, just basically says, I fold. <laughs> because in the sight of God, there are no more questions. In the, in, in the sight of God, in God's presence, doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. So the answer given to Habakkuk, when he's saying, Lord, how long? Lord, why? Why don't you do this and that and intervene? And I thought you were good. The answer to Habakkuk is, be faithful. Be faithful. Wait and be faithful. The just one, because of his faith, shall live. Now we go to the gospel, and we have a similar dynamic. Well, it kind of takes off on that, if you will. I mean, they're connected, obviously. But the apostles want greater faith. They desire greater faith. And the Lord remarks to them, well, if you did have 
even just a little bit of faith, you could do amazing things. But then, it's interesting. You know, the, the apostles are expressing to the Lord that they want more. We want more. We want you to give us more. And then we have this, you know, kind of harsh parable about a master who sends out a servant. Servant goes out and does what he was supposed to do, and then he comes back in. Is the master going to be really, really happy and overjoyed that he did what he was supposed to do? No. Is the master going to say to the servant, all right, let me wait on you? No. It's not how it works. I mean, think about it with your children. They've all left. Do we have any, like, well, you're not going to participate. I was going to say teenagers, but you'll never talk to me. <laughs> did any of you, let's do this. How many of you, I, I assume I wasn't the only one, how many of you, like, one of your chores when you were growing up was taking out the garbage? Any men, you know, women too, it's fine, but, you know, it usually always was the guys, at least when I was growing up. Um, okay, so you had to do that, right? And how many of you didn't always do it on time, besides me? Now, as a parent, you're trying to teach your kids to participate a little bit in the life of the family, right? Like, yeah, you could probably do it for them, and it would be done the right way, and it would be done on time. But the desire here is that, you know, children will, as they age and mature, they'll begin to see how they can, can contribute to the common good. That it's just part of their responsibility being a part of the family. And you want them to incorporate this sort of virtue to do what they kind of ought to do naturally without having to constantly remind them and tell them. This is a fairly common dynamic between parents and especially teenagers and even younger. Why didn't you take out the garbage yet? Uh, you know, I, you were supposed to, you know, and on and on. It goes back and forth and back and forth, right? And ideally, you want them to get to the point where they just do it because they get it. They get it. They just do what they ought to do because they've reached a certain maturity. And it's no longer this, this idea of rebellion. Okay, well, with God, he's trying to get us to the point where we do what is good because it's good, not because we're going to get something. All right? He's saying to his, his apostles, look, you've, you've been commanded to do it. You should just do what's good. Why do you need a prize? Why do you need, you know, a trophy at the end of it? You should just do what I, the Lord, have commanded, what your Heavenly Father has commanded, because it's good for you. And you shouldn't be looking for something at the end of it. This is a difficult thing, because, you know, essentially, when we tie all of this together, when we ask those questions, you know, why Lord? Why me, Lord? How long, Lord? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Why don't you stop this? The Lord isn't going to answer and say, well, this is why. Let me explain to you in my divine providence why this is happening to you, particularly in no one else in the world or no one else in created existence has ever suffered to the degree that you've suffered. Let me explain it to you. When we think about it, if if we truly kind of, kind of have an understanding of who God is, he's just not going to do that. It's actually kind of a ridiculous question. Lord, explain to me why you are who you are and why you do what you do. 
that's not the answer for us. The answer for us isn't to get an answer. And this is what he says to his apostles, and this is what he says to Habakkuk. The father says to Habakkuk, all of those desires of the human heart, all of those sufferings, all of that pain, all of that wondering, you are never going to get an answer that satisfies you. But what you do need is faith. What you need is greater faith. The Lord is not looking for a bunch of people who understand everything that he's doing. How, how does a parent explain to a three-year-old why they can't have that? Whatever. Fill in the blank. It doesn't matter how much you explain. I mean, go ahead and try. And this is with my wealth of experience as a parent. <laughs> so, <laughs> I get it. You know, I mean, I did grow up in a family. You know, it's not completely foreign to me. But, you know, there's some, you just can't explain. Well, how much more than the gulf between ourselves and God and His divine providence outside of time, in eternity, looking at everything at once, you know, moving all of creation along, along according to His will. He's just not going to stop and explain why you have that suffering. What he's going to say is you need to have more faith. You need to trust me. That's what he says to us. You don't need to trust me, your priest. I mean, that's fine. It's not about me. It's not about bishops. It's not, it's not even really about the Pope. I mean, if we like him, that's great, right? But we know how that goes, right? The last one, a bunch of people liked him, and then this one, they don't. And it goes back and forth. It's just like politics. You know, everybody loves our current president, right? And everybody loved the last one, right? Yeah, it's a mess. We can't live our lives for that. We're expecting fulfillment in any of that. Any human person. Faith in God. Faith in Jesus Christ is all that will sustain us in, in the second reading here. Stir into flame the gift that God has given. Stir into flame. God did not give us a spirit of cowardice but of power, power, love, and self-control. Whatever you are going through at this time in your life, whatever suffering you have endured, you have enough grace to get through. You have everything you need because you have Jesus Christ. Whatever failings you've been through, whatever sins you've committed, whatever has befallen any of us, God has given you everything you need. Because he has given us himself. And the Lord Jesus dwelling within us is power and love. It is strength. And the more that we stir that into flame, the more that that increases our faith, the more that we will be able to walk forward with the Lord, fully trusting that he knows what he's doing and that we will be taken care of. Please stand.